0: Welcome to the World in 10. It's a snapshot of some of the stories being covered on today's Times of London. I'm Jenny Barsby. On today's podcast, what is it like as a Jewish Times columnist to be pressured into commenting on the conflict in the Middle East? I speak to Giles Corran. Also, polls go to the polls in what could see a major change to the country's future direction. Plus, the Queen of Pop wows London. The reviews are in. All that squeezed into the next 10 minutes. The conflict in the Middle East understandably dominates our coverage at the Times of London today. If you have a Times subscription, you'll have access to our live page, which is being constantly updated by our team of reporters on the front line. But on today's World in 10, I decided to speak to Times columnist Giles Corran about the pressure he's been under as a Jew to speak out about the conflict.
1: My job is generally humor so when something big and massive happens like ukraine well it's difficult but i can maybe not write about it just write about something else you come to this on monday i wrote a notebook column for the tuesday newspaper in which i talked briefly about it my son sam said don't write about it dad i remember when he wrote about ukraine you were being satirical people didn't appreciate it people got very angry you got very depressed and i did and so i thought i wouldn't write about it but then people just started to ask me and i'm talking everybody from the ceo of news UK, you know Rebecca Brooks, the editor of the Times as well, Tony Gallagher, you know other Jews. Why aren't you taking a stand? What cousins, relatives? But at the same time, I have huge sympathy with the Palestinian tragedy. Uh, their their seventy five years of homelessness, their need for it, So it's just so big. I didn't hadn't wanted to get involved, but. Enough people were saying, you must take a stand. that I thought, okay, I better write something. So I sat down and wrote a piece. This is what I have to say. But I will have to make jokes and you will have to forgive me or not forgive me. People make jokes. People turn to humour in dark times. I'm more than most and arguably Jews more than others, possibly because we Jews are generally find ourselves in dark, dark places, possibly more often than others.
0: And what sort of response have you had to that?
1: I've rarely had a response like it in terms of appreciation of it, of going in terms of its domination of social media, in terms of calls. I have been Called from everybody from again Rebecca Brooks the CEO right at the top delighted the piece thinks is wonderful great thanks Rebecca Rod Little, Matthew Paris on my people I love Dominic Sandbrook you know the world's most in demand podcaster the great historian telling me how great it was I mean literally everyone just going this is so great I don't think I've had a single person tell me it was rubbish
0: what about the the main critic I suppose which is your 10-year-old son <laughs> I
1: don't think he knows that i wrote about it my 12 year old daughter read it she said wow dad this is really good you know i didn't i didn't think you were any good really so she had no notion that i was capable of writing something meaningful so she loved it and i suppose possibly after lunch today i might show it to sam and see if he see if he lets me off
0: giles Corrin who i spoke to earlier today and you can read his full piece now on the times online It seems like the whole world is going to the polls at the moment. Yesterday, we brought you the results of the referendum in Australia. There's also been an election in New Zealand. Today, all eyes are on Poland. It's an election that is too close to call, I'm told, with the result likely to have a major impact on the country's future direction. The outcome will determine whether the right-wing Law and Justice Party will win an unprecedented third consecutive term in power or a combined opposition can win enough support to oust the ruling party that's led poland now for 8 years today's times of london features an in-depth piece which explains the background to this election the players involved their policies but what i found interesting is the sheer numbers of poles living abroad who've registered to vote in this election here in the uk the number tops 160,000. Jakub Kripper is a London-based journalist. He's also going to be voting in this Polish election and told us why the numbers are so high.
1: I think it's partially because obviously after Brexit, the number of people had to decide whether they want to stay in the UK forever. They, they want to come back to Poland at some point. There's a number of reasons for them to consider going back to Poland in terms of economics, prices, career developments potentially as well. So they're looking actively looking at this. So what about
0: Poland? What's the, what's the next big thing? And I think the number today says a lot. And of course, the Times of London will bring you the results once those votes are counted. Now, the way we listen to music has changed drastically over the last 150 years. We started out with gramophones, then, of course, came LPs, cassettes, CDs, mini-discs, yes, those. But nothing comes close to the revolution that is streaming. You can listen to anything, anywhere. Any time, great for the consumer, of course, but not so great for the artists who argue they're being cheated out of their royalties. Now, lawyers are mounting a legal challenge that could shake up the music industry. My colleague Amy Guild's been looking into this. Amy, what is this case all about?
2: Well, simply put, it's about artists getting paid fairly for streaming revenues. And the revenues are eye-watering. The first half of this year, streaming generated $7 billion alone. But it's the music industry that controls where these profits go, which often leaves artists behind. Now, this is where prominent civil rights lawyer Ben Crump comes in. You might be wondering why a civil rights lawyer is taking on the music industry. Well, senior Times writer Sean O'Neill spoke to Mr Crump.
3: He got interested in this because he was approached initially by black artists. But he told me that as he explored it, he believes that the record companies, the big record companies are what he calls equal opportunity oppressors. They don't care if the artists are black or white or Hispanic. They're, in his words, sort of defrauding all of them out of the, the royalties they should be entitled to.
2: And it's the royalties that make it a civil rights case, according to Mr Crump, who believes that it doesn't matter who you are, you have the right to be compensated fairly for your creations. Now, the next stage of the case is getting artists involved. You heard Sean mention singer-songwriter, I'll Be sure, in the clip. He's one of the first artists to join the case and also spoke to Sean.
3: He's told me that he believes he's lost millions of dollars over the years and that he's, going to, he's happy to be the kind of the guinea pig for, the, for this legal challenge. But there are many, many other artists watching this and raising concerns about the way streaming royalties are paid. And and I think certainly what, what Ben Crump wants to do is enlist a, a much greater kind of stable of people so that this is a, a massive challenge. Albie sure has told me himself that he fears that a lot of artists are too fearful of the industry.
2: Right now we're in the early stages of the lawsuit so we don't know how much it will shake up the industry but with a prominent lawyer leading the way I think it's safe to say watch this space.
0: I feel like the world in 10 has been following the twists and turns of the sale of Manchester United for months now but it looks like the end's in sight. The past has been cleared for Britain's richest man Sir Jim Radcliffe to buy a 25% stake in the Premier League club. It's after Qatari Sheikh Yassim pulled out of the bidding for a full takeover because he couldn't come to an agreement with the current owners, US brothers Joel and Avram Glazer. But the Times' chief football writer Henry Winter says only a partial takeover is not sufficient.
1: We cannot have this just a 25% stake. It has to ultimately be a full takeover and as quickly as possible because we cannot have the door open to the Glazers leaving, but them still sort of sitting in their Everglades office with their feet up on the, 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 the table, just draining the, the life away from this club.
0: Well, we'll have to wait and see, but Mr Ratcliffe and his petrochemicals firm Ineos will pay up to £1.3 billion for that initial 25% stake, with the agreement expected to be ratified at a board meeting later this week. was Madonna, performing at the O2 in London for the first night of her Celebration tour, a tour that was delayed several months after the singer was hit with a severe bacterial infection. The show celebrates her greatest hits and covers more than 40 years of music. It features a 230-foot-long catwalk, hydraulic lifts and 24 dancers. The opening night, though, didn't quite go to plan. There was a technical issue with Madonna having to ad-lib for about seven minutes. William Castle was in the audience and says she handled it gracefully.
2: She was telling a few personal stories and some of them weren't very PG, but it was nice to have that kind of like introspective look into her thoughts. And it was kind of a bit more like something less choreographed. To talk to all those people just off the cuff, I wouldn't be able to do it.
0: For those of us who were unable to get tickets, The Times of London's reviewed the show And it certainly sounds like the Queen of Pop is back into the groove. Just wondering if I can stretch to a ticket. I'll keep you posted on that. But that is it for today's World in 10. We are back tomorrow.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.